Have you ever been out having a normal day running some run-of-the-mill errands when suddenly you get knocked to the ground by flying lumber? No? Well, that's what happened to my guest this week. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. One person with a pretty amazing story to tell is Matteo Villadirda from Italy. Last week, Matteo paid a visit to the Vatican for the weekly audience with Pope Francis. A man living in Italy visiting the Vatican by itself probably wouldn't normally be very noteworthy. But Teo, though, decided to show up wearing a Spider-Man costume. Look out! Here comes the Spider-Man! Apparently, Matteo wears the comic book and movie superhero outfit to cheer up hospitalized children, like those at the Vatican's pediatric hospital, which he planned to visit later on that day. So I guess wearing it to the audience was a real time saver for him. The Vatican and Pope Francis both seem to appreciate the work that Matteo does, and they weren't bothered by the fact that he wore the costume. Those are the types of stories that I really like. A person doing great things, meeting the Pope, making an appearance is the goofy story at the end of literally every newscast in America. It's also exactly the type of story you'd expect to see in my email newsletter, The New Side Quest. Sign up now at keithconradmedia.com. My guest this week was one of my professors at the University of Alabama, Huntsville, and we actually have a story about when we both later crossed paths with a politician in Milwaukee that could probably also be greatest story ever podcast fodder, but it's probably best not to get into that one. These days, Dr. Julie Ferris Tillman is PR director for the marketing agency Nelson Schmidt in Milwaukee, and you can also catch her at Comedy Sports Milwaukee now that crowds and live events are a thing again. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh, I'm super excited to be here. Now, I don't know if you're on the tickety talk like uh, like all the young kids, but uh, there was a, there was a thing uh, circling around uh, TikTok uh, over the uh, the winner, like the fallen winner, that was uh, "Please Rise" for the Midwest national anthem, and then it would play like the Menards theme. <laughs> I do remember that. Please rise for the Midwest National Anthem. Save big money at Menards. It's a shame, like all memes, it, it sort of, you know, ran its course and went away. But uh, for, for a few months there, I, I, I found that heartwarming. It, it's part of our charm. And, you know, for us, it didn't go away. <laughs> I, can go, no. I can go hear Menards anytime I want. I, I think like I, I forget what the what the guy's name even was, but there was a guy who was on the Menards commercials for years that would just kind of like shout lumber prices at you. Yes, and, I don't uh, remember his name either. Yeah, whenever he he, whenever he passed away, that was a that was a tragic moment. That was up there with you know, <laughs> Harry Carey and you know <laughs> Dean Martin and you know every every tragic death he could possibly imagine in pop culture. That was <laughs> well, was definitely there. Do you remember, is it Mary from Goods Furniture? Wasn't she sort of Joliet or suburbia? And if you can see me, if you can hear me, you're in our free delivery zone. Like she, she was part of my TV voiceover life. My whole. Oh, yeah. Was that, uh, was that Goods Furniture in Kiwani? Yes. Yes. Uh, not Joliet. Kiwani. Uh, yes. Yeah. That, that was, uh, yeah, that was a big one too. And, and of course the Empire Carpet Guy. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I, but I bring up Menards because your story actually involves Menards. In a roundabout way, it does. It does indeed. 
So, uh, so what what happened? Tell me your tell me your story. So the thesis, because I'd hate to bury the lead, is I have the great pleasure of having actually, I'll avoid saying literally, I have been actually hit upside the head with a two by four. And that was even actually the motion. (laughs) It was under my jaw. It left the print on my face. Um, and And it was a complete and total pedestrian accident. Again, in the boringness of it. And I was walking. <laughs> um, I lived in Iowa city and was perpetually late. And on this particular day, I was slated to drive to Cedar Rapids to pick up my roommate and her fiance from the airport mm-hmm. and got up early and was going to be on time for this half hour drive to Cedar Rapids. And oh, my oh so you're like you're like me where you're always late but every single individual time you're like this is it yes this is where i turn it around yes I'm finally gonna 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 conquer this yes it was my reform moment and my hair dryer blew up in my hand oh naturally because yeah cause so, that's what happens right and and when you're always late people don't believe the shenanigans that lead to your tardiness so of course not only was i upset about my beauty tool being gone and I still needed it. But now I thought no one will believe that I was late because of a hairdryer. So this sucks. So I finished getting ready. And on my way out of town, we had a Shopco back when Shopcos were still thriving, I guess. And I checked the clock and was still so early that I decided I could just run in and grab a new hairdryer while I was in motion, you know, and I was, I was there on that side of town. So still trying to master the clock is part of my problem. And I parked and you know how between the parking lot and the front doors of a big box store, like a Shopco is a frontage road, kind of a, for everyone to drive through the parking lot. And the other human habit that we all have is you cross that frontage road, cars are going, you know, very slowly through there. And Mm -hmm. you have that weird body language with cars where you kind of hustle step and make eye contact with the driver and time yourself if you're going behind them so that the car goes and you kind of almost touch the bumper and keep going. We all have this motion. We all understand how to get to the target, how to get to the shop coat and not get hit by a car, which I didn't. I got hit by a two by four, (laughs) a truck, a pickup truck was driving and I was at the very edge of the parking lot about to cross that frontage road to then enter the realm of the big box store and its big sliding door entryway. And I judged the pickup truck driving past me and it had three or four pieces of lumber, probably from Menards hanging out the back end, no red flag, just boards. And I paced my walk with the speed of the truck and started walking behind it, assuming because I had done well in physics, it would be past me by the time I needed to be past it. Mm -hmm. The truck was going way faster than I thought. And someone else was making the same journey I was just at the other parking aisle. And the truck had to stomp on his brakes at the exact moment I was at its pickup at the back end. And by doing it, 
all of the boards in the back slid across the back of the pickup and one hit me literally upside the head. The next thing I remember, I am sitting at the door to Shopco and two different, very lovely Midwestern women are fawning over me and (laughs) talking to me. And apparently what they explained to me was I had been hit by this board and had dropped like a sack of potatoes in the middle of the Shopco parking lot, frontage road. And they caught me and pulled me over to the side and sat me down. Now, apparently I can't feel my face at all, but it is bleeding. My lip is swollen. It looks atrocious as you know, you should probably imagine two by fours can do some damage. That's why that phrase is so great. Right. And so, you know, I think it's like Kathy and Lori or something. And and Kathy says to me, oh, those are two very, very Midwest names. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they were, and you know, and they have their Shopco bags and their enormous purses. And because I'm bleeding, like one's trying to give me Kleenexes and, and Kathy says, oh, honey, can we call anybody for you? And the side part of this story is the only phone number, this is, I have a flip phone, I think at this time, this was so many years ago, but we all still had landlines and the and the phone number I remember of all of my friends is my friend Kate and and I can recite the phone number which few people can do that today right maybe your own phone number for like your grocery store club but I could recite other people's phone numbers oh I actually had to recite my uh, my own phone number a week ago and it took me a couple couple seconds of, to to actually figure it out yeah exactly so this is from a time where you remembered many numbers, but I only have Kate's in mind. And so I say to the woman, you know, call my friend Kate. This is her number. And then the other woman says to me, well, what's your name, honey? And and I looked at her and, you know, it's right there on the tip of my tongue. And I turn and start to say it and nothing comes out. And I can't remember my name. And I remember that I wanted a hair dryer. I remember that I'm now late for something and I'm very frustrated. And I remember my friend Kate's phone number and that's all I've got. And the other woman pats me and says, it's okay. We've called the police. And I'm like, oh shoot, is it that big a deal? Now the guy in the truck has parked the truck and he comes back over and he's pacing nervously. He feels terrible because what I don't know is how dramatic the scene was when this board flies across the truck and drops me in the parking lot. I couldn't see that. I was on the inside of that. And apparently my face is banged up really bad, which I also can't see. So everyone who approaches me starts with that, ooh, does it hurt? Are you in pain? <laughs> and I'm not, you know, and I don't understand why everybody has to suck air when they look at me, okay? So I tell the other lady, call my friend Kate. So while I sit there waiting for the police and they're both like dutifully patting me on my shoulder, they both use their flip phone to call my friend Kate, who who isn't answering. So they each leave her a message. The police officer comes. He talks to the guy in the pickup truck first and lets me stay seated. Then he talks to me. I think I give him some kind of garbage about I just needed a hairdryer. I have to pick up my friends at the airport. That's all I know. He says, what's your name? Like, I, I don't know, but you can call my friend Kate. (laughs) So the cop's like, okay, we're going to get an ambulance here for you. You know, this is, you've clearly been concussed. If you lost consciousness, this is a problem. I'm still not getting my name back. And that is an incredible panic. I don't, if you've ever had it happen to you. 
you know, as these two police officers are calling your friend, like they can't say who you are because. No, I, I mean, I, I think somebody, somebody has grabbed my wallet. Like I have my purse. They're being nice to me. Somebody has grabbed my wallet, I think. And um, it's th- th- your heart races and it's such a strange feeling. It's like, it's like kind of staring into the empty fridge, but you know, you put leftovers in there. There's something I know there's <laughs> I no, I know my name. I know I do. It's in here somewhere. And um, the, I, I, the paramedics come and she has me come get in the ambulance and I sit on the gurney in the back and it's a man and a woman paramedic and they start talking to me, blood pressure, all of that stuff. And they're like, what's your name? And, I, and I'm like, I don't know. They're like, okay, well, we can take you to one of two hospitals in town. Where do you want to go? And I'm like, well, I think university hospital. I was a graduate student at the university. I could figure that out. And then I panic. And I start to cry. And the paramedic asks me, what? What's wrong? Are you in pain? Is something happening? And I say, no. I I think my boyfriend is a doctor at the university hospital. And they're like, oh, excellent. You know, like, because they're going to, you know, continue to solve what's happened here and who I am. They're like, what's his name? And I'm like, Josh. And I just start bawling. And they're like, what's the matter? I'm like, I don't think you can call him, though. <laughs> They're like, why? I'm like, I think we broke up. I just know you can't (laughs) dial him today, but you can call my friend Kate. (laughs) So now the paramedics have also called Kate. And then as I'm sitting there and she's, you know, checking my blood pressure and she's like, okay, so you don't remember anything. And I just started rattling off my social security number. (laughs) So at at this time, they're probably also writing on your chart. She may be drunk. (laughs) <laughs> I think, I mean, really, because I had that drunk girl cry because that's the emptiness of memory loss. Like, I know there are reasons why I would go to that hospital. I know Josh is a character in my life. I know these things are real, but can't remember why. And it's, it is, it's exactly like being a blackout drunk. Um, I've been told. And, um, so now the paramedics have called my friend Kate. Suddenly it comes to me. My social security number is the first thing that came back to me, which is completely indicative of being a graduate student. You, you know, you fill out your student ID on everything. And I just rattle it off to her and they look at me and they're like, okay, good. Are you remembering things? I'm like, yeah, this is my phone number. This is my address. This is my name. And I'm so excited that I try to make a joke. And I say to the paramedic, phew, I guess that guy knocked some sense into me. and she looks me square in the face and goes we're gonna take you in (laughs) (laughs) so clearly my comedy was not a signal to them that i was well and so i get an ambulance ride to the hospital and because i'm coming in through the er i go straight to a room where i have this amazing nurse who looks like mr clean um and he's a big guy and he sits me down and And in this process, you have to remember, each person I encounter starts with, ooh, are you in pain? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I've got so many things I'm trying to figure out here. Like, I just keep thinking it's so annoying that they say that. I'm fine. This nurse does the same thing to me and is like, ooh, God, let me get you some ice. So he brings me some ice and tells me where to put it on my face. I'm going to have a CT scan. All this is going to happen. He goes, do you have anybody we can call? (laughs) I say, as you might expect, you can call my friend Kate. So (laughs) I witness him calling her from the room that I'm in. 
And I hear him leave his message, which is probably the same as all of the other messages that have been left. And he says, hi, Kate, you know, this is nurse such and such at University Hospital. We have your friend. (laughs) That's his lead. (laughs) And it isn't until later that I realize that was everybody's lead. So... I'm starting to feel better. I go through all of these tests. Things are fine. I still haven't seen my own face, but they talk about having um, a plastic surgeon, an orthodontist, and other things to consider. And finally, my friend Kate arrives. Kate didn't have a car. She had to call a friend of ours and borrow a car because she's heard this news. And um, she shows up and walks in and, of course, goes... Ooh, are you in pain? Naturally. And she starts to tell me what has happened to her in this event. She's like, well, I have something like 10 messages on my phone. (laughs) And it starts (laughs) with, hi, Kate. It's Kathy at the Shop Co. We have your friend. And then, hi, Kate. It's Lori at the Shop Co. (laughs) We have your friend. Then it's Kate. This is officer such and such with the Coralville Police Department. We have your friend. (laughs) And then it's paramedics. We have your friend. And then finally, nurse at University Hospital. We have your friend. So Kate has it all explained to her. I, you know, I was just buying a hairdryer. And then in the midst of this, Kate and I, who share the friends who are at the airport, talk about can someone please call them because they've been they've landed like 2 hours ago <laughs> and have no <laughs> idea where their ride home is and of all of the people i told the world to call it was never the two people i was trying to be on time for so we finally call them and tell them what's happened we go with kate in this borrowed car to cedar rapids to pick them up where they both enter the car and say Ooh, are you in pain? My face held an imprint of a two by four on my left cheek and my lips a little bit like um, two faced in the in the Batman comics. Just half of my lips were swollen. My friend told me I looked like Michelle Pfeiffer, but just from the left. (laughs) And and, uh, my face then bruised in the outline of a two by four. So um, as a graduate student, I was a teaching assistant in leading classes, but I also was a um, trainer and um, bartender host waitress at Chili's. So I called in and took maybe two days off. And then on the third day I returned, but I still have this outline of a two by four on my face and I worked a lunch shift At the time, there was construction going on uh, in the area, in that area of town, there was a lot of development and building. And so we had construction crews in all the time for lunch, always just a couple dudes per table. And I waited on these two guys who I had waited on many times before, and they were all very predictable, you know, a burger, a Dr. Pepper, a a $2 tip, you know, for a $20 meal. And on this particular day, Every time I pop back to see them, I'm a really good server. Every, hey, guys, how are you doing? It's good to see you again. I'm, I'm full of joy and happiness, but they are not. They are staring at me in very weird ways. 
Um, I serve them their meal. They don't need anything. No napkins, no extra ranch, nothing. They don't, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. And then my tip from them that day was 15 bucks. And I was mentioning it to my manager and everybody gasped and said, oh no, they think someone hit you with a two by four (laughs) on purpose. (laughs) they're 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 worried about you and I was like oh no like it was just a common pedestrian accident so the next time I saw them I tried to tell them the story that I was not the victim of a violent attack but rather just my own clumsiness and my weird attempt to hustle across the frontage road so it the story lived on in infamy for some time because of how many people ended up inadvertently involved in it, and then, of course, Shopco later closed, and and um, I'm kind of happy about that because it always made me twitch a little bit whenever I drove by it. So I'm kind of glad it's gone now. But yeah, so now I just live. I didn't have any other damage. I didn't chip any teeth. Um, I was concussed, but like you know. I've got nothing on the NFL, so I, I survived that fine. And mm-hmm. um, I get to tell the world that I was hit upside the head with a two by four and, and, and walk around telling about it. Which is not something that everybody can say. That That's no, that's... no. And I don't know if people really think that expression is real, but I am I am the living proof that it is. And for about 10 days time, that proof lived on my face. So. Uh, so important life lessons. Uh, take your time when you're, when you're crossing frontage roads. Indeed. And, uh, and uh, definitely make sure that you have, uh, I, I don't know, maybe a friend's you know, phone number, name and phone number on but, but a tattoo would be nice, you know, because that you definitely wouldn't have to worry about it. But uh, yeah. de- definitely, especially in this day and age where, where, as you said, everybody has their you know, their, their numbers in their, in their phones. So they don't know anybody's number. Definitely have a number that that you can, (laughs) you can recall immediately and say, call this person. And, uh, and, and also have one person call them rather than. (laughs) Yeah. Check, check your panic. Maybe. Yeah. It's you. I would even go so far as to say like, unlock your phone. Right. I mean, Today I have a smartphone filled with people they could call, but if I were so forgetful as I was that day after having been knocked out, I wouldn't even know my passcode to open my phone and give them access to who knows who they want to dial to help me out that day either. So I feel like yeah. the analog, my, my disaster having happened in an analog, a more analog time was probably fortunate. Maybe not for poor Kate, who was terrified that I had somehow been kidnapped by the Coralville well, police, but... She was she was afraid that someone she knew had been kidnapped. <laughs> we she, have she your friend. Who. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Thanks so much for sharing your story. <laughs> yeah, of course. If you think you can top that or any of the other stories I've had on this podcast, shoot me an email at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail dot com. Gabatron.